Welcome to the show. We got a great show planned for you this week. My buddy and yours, Kyle Lovern, is coming back on the show. He's the author of Appalachian Case Study UFO Sightings and Encounters, Volume 1 and 2. And he also did this picture book, Memories of the Tug Valley. There's lots of cool old pictures here, Williamson, West Virginia, and surrounding areas. So be on the lookout for those books. If you've had a sighting of a UFO or a ghost or a time machine or anything, send us an email to endarplacespod at hotmail.com. Without further ado, here is returning champion Kyle Lovern. Kyle, what's going on? Hey, it's good to be back. Uh, you know, been a lot going on since we uh, talked last time. Uh, of course, the government report was released on uh, the UAPs, as they call them now, unidentified aerial phenomena instead of UFOs. But yeah, uh, I we think we can... talk a little bit about that, even though I don't think they really gave us a whole lot of information, and that's about what I expected. But uh, yeah, I thought we could talk about that. And been a few sightings around I've noticed in different states, and you know. Uh, our Facebook page gets reports from sightings in Arab region all the time in Appalachia. So it seems like there's uh, been a little bit of a surge in sightings lately for some reason. I don't, and, you know, yeah. There's a couple of stories from my books in the past I thought might be interesting for folks to, to hear about. And I uh, hope we can get to those. Yeah, that's cool. I don't like the UAP thing. It just needs to go away. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know... The, I printed it out, uh, the report they made available, and, you know, you read it, there's not a whole lot to it. It's vague, and, you know, about, about the main thing that's, uh, I think, good for those of us who believe is, you know, they investigated over 140, about 145, and they admit that over 140, maybe 141, 142, were unidentified, you know. So that tells you right there that there's something. And I think the fact that some of these military pilots are now coming forward and talking about it, uh, you see some of the shows on interviews on TV, either they've uh, retired or they're just uh, not afraid to, to come forward and talk anymore like they were in the past. And, you know, there there's some of them that have taken the actual videos through their... Uh, in their fighter jets, or even a couple have done it with their cell phone. <laughs> so that uh, those tic tac videos, as they call them, and there's been some others. The one that sort of looked triangular shaped. Uh, uh, one was off the coast uh, uh, here on the Atlantic coast, closer to us, and then, of course others were out uh, off the west coast. And it, uh, you know, people that don't believe uh, it surprises me that they they <laughs> don't believe. I mean, there's just so much evidence now and good credible witnesses are coming forward that I think I think if you take a, a poll now most people do believe there's something to UFOs yeah it's swinging in our favor now it's uh it's funny how it switched around because used to like they were calling us crazy but now it's uh, more like they're crazy than I believe it yeah you know and I, I think it's more skeptical than than you know saying crazy you know although that used to be probably how it was in the 50s and 60s and i think people start changing even in the 70s and 80s and more and more people probably a lot of people did believe they just didn't admit it but now people aren't as uh hesitant to say you know that they don't believe you know there's they're, they're willing to come forward because they're seeing more people uh just like them have either seen something or 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 just believe you know because the evidence is out there pictures video and so forth i think it might be why they're leaning more toward calling them uaps now because there's such a negative connotation with ufo exactly flying saucer ufos <laughs> and that's why i think they wanted to come up with something different as you said unidentified aerial phenomena the uaps so and that's okay uh but you know uh one part I wanted to read here that I highlighted on the part, it says UAP clearly pose a safety of flight issue and may pose a challenge to U.S. national security. 
I mean, safety concerns primarily center on aviators contending with an increasingly cluttered air domain. UAP would also represent a national security challenge if they are foreign adversary collection platforms or provide evidence a potential adversary has developed either a breakthrough or disruptive technology. You know, and you've got like Senator Marco Rubio, who was a presidential candidate out of Florida, uh, who's uh, chairman of the defense uh, committee there with the U.S. Senate. I mean, he has come forward and said, look, these things are flying over our air bases and our territory. We need to know what they are. You've got some pretty influential people now that are asking questions and, and wanting these investigated, and they're saying, if you are investigating, we need to know about it. You know, you don't need to keep it secret anymore, and that's why they asked for this report. And again, the report came out, at least the one they released to the public, is pretty vague. Maybe they... Uh, you know, uh, have gotten a more in-depth report than we have because, you know, things are still secret when it comes to security and so forth. But, yeah, here, here it is. I said 145. It's actually 144 reports that uh, they, that Pentagon group investigated over that period of time. So, you know, that's, uh, that's a lot, a pretty high percentage of the ones that they couldn't identify, too. They learned a lot of congress and people like that see the whole report so hopefully it'll just be a matter of time before they start uh, leaking that stuff out to us well you know uh, a lot of journalists have used the freedom of information act and other uh and put pressure on certain organizations and certain politicians and uh i think that uh, eventually we'll get more and more information released to us yeah i believe it's coming you know, and there's another part here in the report that I highlighted. It says, in 18 incidents described in 21 reports, observers reported unusual UAP movement patterns or flight characteristics. And you can tell by the video and the the uh, voice in the background of those pilots, these things are doing, uh, making moves and using speeds that we're not capable of doing. I mean, we don't have that kind of technology or aircraft. And... Uh, the G-forces, if we did have a, a pilot in there that was moving that fast, they wouldn't make it. I mean, <laughs> the body can't take it. So obviously these aren't <laughs> something from that we have, and I don't think uh, the Chinese or Russians or anybody has that kind of technology either. So they've got to be coming from somewhere. Yeah, it don't seem to be man-made, does it? No, not at all. They'll take off and go into the ocean just as fast as what they're going out in the sky. Yeah, you, and we've we've talked about that before. It seems like there's a lot over nuclear power plants, uh, even uh, power stations, and then a lot around water, you know, and then they go into the water. You know, people say, oh, where are they? You know, there's, <laughs> there's lots of places they can hide. I mean, uh, the oceans are so dense, and, you know, just like area, Appalachia, you know, and I know, you fly over it, you see a lot of mountains. You see a lot of areas that there's nobody within miles of, and that's not counting even other places uh, in the world. You know, desert areas and so forth. So, and if they don't want to be seen, you know, we don't know. They could have cloaking devices or, you know, interdimensional capabilities. If they can fly uh, faster than light speed, then you know, the human eye can't see them anyway. I saw some video on a, just the other night on one of the. Uh, shows that I was watching, and with the naked eye, they were filming these jets. This was uh, uh, down in Chile, which that government has, they have a lot of sightings in South South America, and especially in the country of Chile, and they were just filming their Air Force doing some maneuvers. It was like a flight show, but when they showed it back and they put it in slow motion, they saw these two objects go right in front of those planes so fast you couldn't see them with a natural eye but you, you know once they showed down slow down the video there was something an orb or something went right in front of them in the flight path so you know a lot of times that's the reason we can't see them <laughs> that's wild yeah i saw a video i think it was on the on paranormal caught on camera i want to say on that show uh, they were showing a clip of a uh, drone that was just flying around. Uh, the guy was filming like scenery and stuff uh, around the ocean and uh, rock cliff and stuff like that, flowers. And uh, when he's playing it back, there's something that flew by his camera on the drone, and he didn't even see it. He didn't time. see it while he was actually doing it until later. So, yeah. And that happens, happened with uh, even uh, photos. 
people may be taking a picture of the sunset. And then when they <laughs> look at the pictures, they print them out, they see, hey, what was this? They, uh, they slowed the video down and stuff. It was freaky. It uh, kind of had that tic-tac shape, and it uh, came up out of the around the water out of the rock cliff and thing there and just zipped right by the drone. The guy didn't even know it was there. As you say, tic-tac or even, you know, some triangular shape, no wings. You don't see any form of propulsion behind them. I mean, these things are maneuvering like bouncing around. It's unbelievable. You know, uh, and uh, something else I highlighted here said out of those uh, reports of the, that the government issued here it says 11 reports of the documented instances in which pilots reported were near misses with the uap that's what we're just talking about how they flew right by them and it's almost like they were playing with them you know it's like <laughs> you know you guys can't do this we can shoot right by you before you even realize it <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, it's got to freak those guys out as you said but uh, you know you've got different military agencies you've got the navy the air force not just one particular uh, government entity or military that has seen these. It's various ones. And, uh, you know, I started thinking, and I think others too, I saw uh, one another show there on, I think, the History Channel. You know, we've come up now with the new military, uh, with, they added the Space Force. You know, why would we do that all of a sudden, you know? <laughs> I mean, they're putting billions of dollars into that, and there's got to be a reason for them to come up with a whole new branch of the military. I saw where they call their their version of, like, soldiers, they call them guardians. It's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, and the logos, I mean, it's just, and I think it's been something in the works for a while, but, uh, you know, it's reality now. I said if I was younger, I might try to join. <laughs> That'd be pretty neat. I wonder that... Um, the meteor that hit Russia that time uh, in 2013, there was something that kind of shot down at the the meteor and kind of deflected it away. And uh, they were saying it was a UFO at the time, but it kind of makes you wonder if it would have been like the Space Force back then, just it was still under wraps at the time. Who knows? You know, they, they keep so much from us. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and then, of course, these other countries are, they're doing their own investigation. They have their own reports. I mean, there's been reports of crashed uh, UFOs in Russia and China, Mexico, other places besides, uh, you know, our most famous one of Roswell and, and uh, probably other cases. And, it, uh, and now with, with everybody has cameras and being able to video with their phones, you know, we're going to start seeing more and more I think good pictures and some decent video, and uh, you know it's going to be hard for them to keep it secret. And I, you know, I said this before. I think and you know that uh, I understand. Back in the fifties, when Truman and Eisenhower were president, they were afraid people would panic, and even in the sixties that they couldn't handle the fact that we're being visited by whoever. But times have changed. This is twenty twenty one. I think people. <laughs> It's they're not going to react the same as they did all those years ago, and people would uh, not panic or freak out as much as they would, and and there are more people believe. Yeah, the thing that they released back in April last year on the the Tic Tac stuff, uh, it should have been like worldwide news and stuff, and it just kind of people blew it off like, oh yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> like I didn't even care. <laughs> years past that would have been bigger news, but now. You know, but what I have noticed is, like, uh, sometimes I watch national Fox News, and like people like Tucker Carlson are taking it serious. And if, like, when the Tic Tac videos come out or this report come out, he actually has a segment on his new show and talks about it. You know, he's interviewed, uh, you know, different people like uh, politicians and, and others. So, in the past, when they did those reports, it was sort of tongue-in-cheek, you know. Yeah. Now they're taking it serious. I mean, he's he definitely seems like a believer. You know, there's a pretty big, well-known newsman who has a nightly talk show. Uh, even back when Larry King was still doing his thing on CNN, he had several uh, times that he had uh, people on there, like my friend, the late Stanton Friedman, and people on there, he'd have guests on there, and he would talk about uh, UFOs. So 
so you know a lot of their big time journalists are taking it serious now and that it makes me feel good yeah they always had the x-files theme queued up and all the reporters start laughing and stuff <laughs> make a little joke about yeah. it or, you know well, the little green man or blah 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 yeah they're uh they're starting to come around you can tell tucker carlson larry king they were they're believers you can tell oh yeah and uh and, and others too but uh especially him he's had several here recently that he's had uh reports on his show and uh, i saw um uh, he was even interviewed on one of the uh, shows on the History Channel. They interviewed him about <laughs> his interest, and you know, and talk. And it was a long segment, and he talked a lot about it. And, That's pretty neat. I didn't see that. Yeah, I'm trying to remember which one. It was uh, the uh, former Secretary of Defense uh, from Britain that's on a lot of the shows. I can't think of his name right off the top of my head, but he was the one doing. Oh. Uh... Nick Pope? Yeah, yeah, Nick Pope. Mm-hmm. And he's doing the interview in Carlton. Yeah, he's a... Uh, Nick Pope, he's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's on a lot of the shows, yeah. So him and certain ones, uh, Travis Taylor, the PhD, he's on doing that one, that Hunt for the Skinwalker. They've been doing those investigation of the Skinwalker Ranch out in Utah, and he's usually on some of the others, like Ancient Aliens. and you know, on, There's so many different shows on there now, that uh, look into these uh, UFO reports and that uh, they get certain experts and they like to use them. And these guys are pretty pretty intelligent guys. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty neat. Um, I've got a friend at, uh, at work. I've uh, been trying to get him to come on the show. He's uh, He saw an alien one time in Lenore, him and a bunch of his buddies were walking on the railroad tracks and uh, they saw a big, tall, uh, skinny thing standing on the railroad track. And as they got up close to it, they spotted their flashlight at it. And it just kind of like was uh, just suddenly over by the rocks and stuff. It uh, just kind of zipped over. They didn't even see it move. It was just there. Yeah, they don't out. want to talk about it, I guess. You know, again, some people are still a little bit leery about coming forward. Uh, that's what I like about some of the, my two books. And then the third one I haven't been able to get printed, but I hope to do one day. There's a lot of good stories that I did get some people to come forward and talk, you know, which we may talk about a couple of those stories in, a little later on the segment here. But, you know, uh, what I, one other thing I wanted to add about with the government, uh, you know, that with the UAPs, the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, now the Navy has come up with a standardized incident report that their pilots can actually report what they saw if they have an encounter or they see something. Where in years past, uh, if military pilots or even uh, regular airline pilots saw something, they were they didn't want to report it because they were afraid that they would take their license away or they would look at them differently and, you know, they were they were even told hey, you better not say anything. If you see something, just keep it quiet. <laughs> they'll they'll pull your license or they won't let you fly for a while. But now they're coming up uh, with a way they can officially report something when they see it, and that's good. So that'll make it a little bit uh, easier for uh, some of these trained pilots to report something when they see it, and they won't be uh, hesitant about doing it. We had uh, Terry Lovelace on uh, quite a while back. He was in the Air Force, and when they had their big uh, sighting and abduction, the big thing that was like a a big Walmart building that took him and his friend, he was, Terry was always a photographer. He enjoyed taking pictures of stuff. He had bought a camera and had filmed everything that he was going to take with him on that trip, and he forgot and left it at the house. So (laughs) when he got back on the base, all the Air Force folks got wind of their abduction and their sighting. Uh, they started hounding them, trying to get Terry's film. They said, we know you're into photography. You've got pictures of this thing. We want to see it. And he's like, well, I'm telling you the truth. I left it at the house. <laughs> yeah, I've listened to that episode of your podcast. And it was very interesting. And uh, he definitely had a, uh interesting encounter, him and his friend. And, 
uh, very believable. And, uh, and uh, again, again, credible witness there that's come forward and talked about it. You know, you talked about seeing things now and that meteor that landed in 2013. We're coming up on, uh, I think it's the Perseid showers that are in August. Oh, yeah, it's about that time. Yeah, those are always pretty neat. And, uh, uh, yeah, they're they're going in from late July into August. And there's times in the past that I've went out and seen those and had a good, clear view of them, you know, and I hope to maybe see them again uh, here in the next two or three weeks when they're at full peak. Uh, you know, you got to get out away from light sources and where it's pretty dark and hopefully a good, clear night. I mean, you have them all year long, but a lot of times it's in the winter when it's really cold out. But these are usually in August, and uh, sometimes there's some clear nights. I know you and I have talked about it before. A lot of times right here it gets foggy and you can't see them. But uh, sometimes I've, I've had some instances where I've seen several per minute uh, of the Perseids in uh, the August, so it's something to look forward to. And who knows, when you're out there looking for those, maybe we'll see something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's always cloudy. Every time there's a meteor shower, I don't know what to do with it, or rain or something. These last a little longer, so, I mean, there's, of course, there's always two or three days where they're really a peak, or maybe a week, so maybe they give you a little more time to see these than it does I saw them. some of the others. I saw them one year uh, really good. It might have been the same one you're talking about. It seems like it's probably been like 10 years ago. I was seeing a bunch of them just like every 30 seconds. I'd see one shoot by. Yeah, yeah, I did that. And uh, I know uh, when I, before I lived here, I lived down the old neighborhood where we grew up, Nolan, Warland area. I just took a lawn chair out and uh, after midnight, sitting, and man, I was just seeing them all over. <laughs> I was just sitting there just enjoying the light show. You know, they were just ever little bit, a few seconds, when some of them seem pretty close, you know. Uh, yeah, about 10 years ago, I went out and saw some, and uh, weren't quite as uh, often, but I still saw a few, and it's pretty neat. So I think this might be a good year, though. They're predicting it. it might be a couple nights that you can go out and, and get a good view of them. I'm still kicking myself for not being able to see those Starlink satellites. I've looked for those for months now, and I never can catch them at the right time. It's tough. If we could get a go where there's a higher altitude and where it's a little clearer, get a even above the fog and uh, get clear night sometimes, and you got to know which part of the sky to look at. There's a lot of things out there, satellites and so forth, but might get lucky to see something else. Me and my buddy at work always quarrel about uh, how our boss got to see Starlink that time, and he's not even really into that kind of stuff. He, yeah, that happened. We're like, man, why did he get to see it, not us? <laughs> yeah. It uh, would have been comical. My boss said he was out in his hot tub, and he saw him going over. He thought we were being invaded. He ran in the house. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, see, you know, sometimes we have those uh, – surges or waves of UFO sightings. I kind of feel we're coming up on uh, maybe a period where we're going to get a lot of sightings. Uh, there was actually, they said a lot of reports last year, and they said they thought a lot of it was because of people who were home, uh, where they were quarantined, and uh, they were spending more time, you know, it wasn't much on TV, maybe more more time outside and we're looking up and so it seemed like it was a lot more ufo cases or uh, sightings reported last year 2020 so but there seems to have been a few this year already so yeah, with seems... all the interest now i think people were paying a little more attention you know like one guy told me once uh you know how many people actually look up and pay attention <laughs> a lot of people don't but i think now maybe with all the publicity more people are or paying a little more attention and you know there's uh maybe going to be some more good sightings reports and maybe even a something like we had back i know you don't remember when i was in uh, a teenager in 1973 it was uh early fall uh or early yeah late summer early fall there was the mass sightings every night you know even and they were even getting reported then uh, nationally, so I'm, I'm, I'd love to see a, a time like that again, where you're getting, uh, you know, hundreds of re re sightings and reports. Yeah, it seems like we're due for another big surge like that. I think so. I was seeing all kinds of cool stuff back in the 90s, and then just all of a sudden around 2002 or so, I'd just not really been seeing it much. 
Yeah, and of course I hate the fact that you didn't get to see the one daytime sighting that I wrote about when I was still with the paper there. Just about now, it's been what about nine, ten years ago in October. Hmm. That's sighting. Yeah, it's been about nine years. It's yeah, crazy. time flies. But, uh, <laughs> that was pretty cool, and uh, you know, again, I love that because not only did I get to witness it myself, but you had hundreds of people saw it, multiple witnesses, which I think is good, and you've got some reports on the, the news, not only locally, but even some national. And I even got a couple of calls from, from folks asking about it, and it was a definitely an interesting sighting. Still cracks me up that they tried to explain that away as being like internet balloons and stuff like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they always come up with some lame excuse. I guess in the 40s it was a weather balloon, so now they got to say it's an internet balloon now. Yeah, or inter- yeah some kind of internet. Uh, Thank you. Or- <laughs> If it was that, yeah, it the would old be... adage, the one that they saw in Michigan there in the 60s was swamp gas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, how dumb do they think we are? You'd think if it was the new technology around 2012 that they had internet balloons and stuff, you'd be seeing those things everywhere by now and people would know what they are, but exactly. there's not been any more sightings of it. Well, you know, that was, you know, I got lots of calls on that one, and then that's how I actually ended up getting to, to see it. I was working that day and got a call from a lady. And as you know, you've done a little report on that. You got a little YouTube documentary on it. Actually, you did a good job with that. And, uh, but uh, I continued to get messages all that evening on Facebook or emails. I say, hey, what is this? Did you see it? You know, I think, yep, I sure did. <laughs> is it a UFO? It's, or a UAP now, as they say. <laughs> but uh, that leads me into... You know, I like it when, you know, it's one thing to have one or two witnesses that see something, you know, and then a lot of times people say, oh, well, you know, it can be explained away. It was a satellite or, or whatever, meteor, and maybe it was. But the uh, one case that I uh, talk about in my second book uh, about the mountaintop miners witness alien lights, uh, I know you enjoy that one, and I just recently talked to the, the guy that uh, was the one I interviewed about that worked on that uh, at that location, which was uh, Marbone Development, which is real close to where you and I both live, for those folks uh, that are listening other places here in the southwestern West Virginia. But uh, his name is Lloyd Mills. He's a Navy veteran during the Vietnam era, and he was one of the supervisors on that uh, mountaintop removal and for those who don't understand that, that's where they go up and they're taking the coal off of the, they're blasting the top of the mountain off and they're getting down to the coal and they're removing the coal. They had a pretty big operation down there. And uh, this was a night shift uh, near the Lenore Naugatuck area. All of a sudden they saw this light come right over top of them. I mean, and you're talking about 40, probably 40 or 50 miners were working there outside at that time that saw this. And they actually it beamed a light down on certain parts of where these guys were working. And, I mean, they were on the radios talking about, hey, do you see this? I mean, so you had multiple witnesses there of good, you know, salt-of-the-earth people that were, that saw this, you know, during this time. And, uh, you know, I'd heard uh, rumors about it a few years ago, but never nobody would talk about it. And then finally... Uh, I guess a few years later, these guys, some of them started coming forward. And then once I did my story, I had a couple other people messaging me, yeah, my dad worked there or my uncle worked there. He talked about it. He saw it, you know. I mean, they were getting on there at the time. They communicated to each other from one site to the other because they were on two different mountains across from each other by CB radio. And, uh, you know, they were like, what's those lights coming up the holler, you know. It looked like two big headlights, they said. And, and just flew right over top of them, uh, shining a beam down on on some of the the miners themselves or parts of the mine, and it's almost like they were interested in what these guys were doing. You know, what are they doing uh, mining this coal? Or you know, as we talked about before, it seems like they're always interested in nuclear bases or power plants, certain things, and military installations. And I think the same thing in, in this situation. They were curious on what was going on. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. It, uh... It could have been what it was. They were trying to figure it out. Well, maybe that's one theory I have. But uh, yeah, one of these times I have to take you and introduce you to the 
to my witness and let you talk to him. You'd, you'd really enjoy that and uh, hear firsthand from him. And, uh, you know, they saw this over a period of time. I had another guy that was a lot younger than some of the others that were working there. It was one of the uh, big truck drivers at the time. He, he messaged me a little bit later after the book came out and said he was working there at the time that he actually saw him too, you know. So uh, you had several of these coal miners that saw the UFO flying right over top of where they were working. Yeah, that's a good, good story. I always like that one. Yeah, and uh, that's what I'm saying. There's lots of cases uh, like this. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot that we haven't even heard about, but you know, I've had some people that have been willing to come forward and talk to me. And uh, I'm sure there's others out there. So if there's anybody listening, you know, hey, contact us. We'd love to hear your story. Mm-hmm. There's a, another. There's a guy that I want you and I to go talk to who's a former deputy sheriff here in Mingo County, and supposedly he had a really good sighting one night working third shift right over the Williamson, town of Williamson. And uh, never really got to talk to him about it, but uh, he's from our area, still around as far as I know, and I'd be love to first to talk to him and then hear his story and see what he says. In fact, I think he actually called somebody and reported it, you know, one of the National UFO Reporting Centers. And, uh, hey, what, you know, What's going on here? What is this? <laughs> so, you know, that's it's good with the. Uh, it's like Lonnie Zamora case out there years ago in uh, New Mexico. You know, he was a decorated policeman who was actually chasing somebody, <laughs> a speeder, when he noticed something else off to the out in the desert with some bright lights, and he sighted the back off the speeder and go over and check that out and he actually saw a UFO land and that's one of those uh, cases that's been on several of the the uh, television documentaries and stories uh, the Lonnie Zamora case and again a good credible witness and then the next day you had uh, military people coming out and he took them right to where he saw it you saw indentations in, in the dirt where he saw it land and so the vegetation was burned and even some foot, footprints and I mean and they you know had people investigating then taking pictures and I think even uh, Project Blue Book at that time was still there they came out and uh, uh, Dr. Al, J. Allen Hynek who was of course came out first uh, was sort of a skeptic I guess and he ended up becoming a believer and uh being a staunch supporter that you know there's something to these UFOs he actually I think witnessed some himself and uh, I think the only reason he, at the beginning he was because he was hired by the Air Force and the government to you know you need to come out and investigate these and prove that there's nothing to it but <laughs> once he got into it he realized uh, yeah I can't do that <laughs> there's something to this that Lonnie Zamora story that's always been one of my favorites too yeah that's a real good one but, uh, you know, you can get on the Internet and look, you know, as you and I know, the National UFO Reporting Center. And uh, MUFON's still around. I'm not a big fan of MUFON. I don't mm-hmm. care to tell them that. I used to be a member, but I got a little disenchanted with them. But, <laughs> but if you, there's there's cases you can go on on the web now with the Internet and see sightings all over. But that's what I like about it. And you, you really credit credit you with it. Appalachian UFO Research Society Facebook page where we get a lot of uh, good reports on that from our region and that's uh, it's pretty neat. We had this guy from India like a month ago. It's uh, really hard to read his English and stuff. Uh, right. He, he was uh, wondering why we have UFOs here and not in India. And I started thinking, I don't remember ever seeing any kind of famous reports out of India. I'd say they're all over the world, but uh, probably just nobody in particular, you know, maybe has reported them there, but I think they've been seen everywhere. My uncle would always talk about one that he saw on that uh, Nolan Railroad Bridge. Yeah. that uh, He was going home one night, walking across the bridge, and he looked up and saw look like stars just going around in circles and stuff way up in the atmosphere. 
I thought that was pretty neat. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, there's, I had some guys from down that area, uh, a couple of them in my books that saw, that lived down that area that had the sightings in that same area uh, around the bridge there. We had the toll bridge and the railroad bridge. A couple of my stories, these are good credible witnesses, you know, these guys that talked to me and reported it. And, and my dad, I've never talked much about it, but he, he saw a couple of things uh, down in that area. You know, he was an outdoorsman and hunter. And, uh, and when I was a kid, I remember him just telling me, he's like, yeah, I saw some pretty strange lights, you know, over that way. And, and then, of course, my side, one of my first sightings when I was young, uh, like I say, about nine years old there, mid-60s, we... Me and my family saw one about this time of year, summertime, sit down on our front porch, come right out of Kentucky. And at that time, I'm thinking there were three of them, like one in the front, two in the back. But now I'm wondering if it was maybe triangular-shaped. Because, you know, you're a young kid. It's <laughs> You're, of course, fa- fascinated, and it, that's been a long time ago. But I'd love to be able to travel back in time and see it again. or wish I'd had a camera or something, but, you know. My sister, I talked to her about. It. She doesn't remember it. I don't know. If she, I know she. I remember her getting scared. <laughs> so I don't think she wanted to remember it. But <laughs> we saw it, and it wasn't. It wasn't quite dark. It was about this time of evening, getting toward dusk, so you could see them, and it was, it was pretty neat. Once you see something, it always, it definitely, uh, it brands that into your subconscious, your brain. You never forget it, and you always remember it. My wife and her brother saw that one in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, it was right over top of their trailer, and it, they watched it for 30 minutes, and it was just, she said, like 10 feet above the trailer, just hovering there. And he don't remember it, or he don't want to talk about it or something now. It's, uh, yeah, a lot of people don't want to. They either don't remember or they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to remember it, you know. I think, uh, again, we're on the verge of getting a, uh, a real wave, or a, sometimes they even call it a flap of a, a lot of UFO sightings. It's a, getting that time of year, and uh, that'd be. I hope it is. It's exciting. <laughs> I think now it'll be more so because, like I say, more people are, are believers, and more people have access to cameras and videos. Maybe we could get some good, good proof. Yeah, there's so many security cameras just like that. You can pick up stuff any time now. So it's, yeah. a, it's a good time to be a ufologist yeah so any why don't you tell us about maybe one of your sightings i've told us about mine and i know you've had a couple of good ones i was at um myrtle beach one year uh i was with my uncle and my cousin and uh my uncle's wife we were we had just got into myrtle beach in 2000 or 2001 and we were just getting there. It was dark out and everything. And uh, me and my cousin were sitting in the back seat, kind of bored, nothing to do. Just, are we there yet? And uh, uh, we were looking around, uh, and I caught sight of uh, what looked like the moon out of the right-hand window. I was on the passenger side in the back seat. And he, well, I was on the driver's side, and he was on the passenger side. So I was looking over at his window and uh, saw on the right-hand side, Look like the moon over in the trees over there, palm trees and stuff. And kept watching it. And uh, then I just kind of turned back and I looked out the left window for a while. And I saw the moon over there. And I was like, okay, now wait a minute. <laughs> so I looked back to the right and that thing was still there. Just kind of like it was moving along with the car out in the tree line. And I kept watching it and it was descending as the farther we would drive, it was going down. And uh, I watched it for a good five minutes. And then I, I pointed out my cousin and we sitting there checking it out. And at one point it looked like it was dripping some kind of uh, like white substance from it. Like kind of like a glowing milk or something was just dripping out of this thing. And uh, then finally we got into more like the business district and uh, building started coming in on that right hand side and then lost sight of it. But I wish that, uh, I would have hollered my uncle or something. Hey, let's turn around and go look at this thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking of another one I forgot about that I had uh, back in the, I'm trying to see, this was probably in the 80s. You know, I, of course, we used to work in radio, and I would do, I did news and sports broadcasts, and I was uh, broadcasting Williamson Wolfpack basketball games. And I had this young guy that went with me because I usually try to take somebody to help me 
carried equipment and making stats. And we were and went to Wayne High School in Wayne County, which is, of course, you drive down Tulsa Highway, which we've talked about before. That seems to be like a hotbed here in the area. Been a lot of sightings down that area. And uh, it was winter because it was basketball season. We were coming back up Tulsa Highway, and I remember seeing this big, bright light through the trees. And I'm like you. I thought it was a full moon. And the guy that was with me sort of freaked out a little bit, like, what is that? And I thought, oh, it's just the moon. But the more I think back about it, it just seemed to be too big and too bright to have been the moon. And I wish I would have paid more attention to it. I think at that time I was just trying to get back home. It was late, you know. But I had forgot about that until recently. And then uh, that uh, popped in my head one night when I was just uh, lying around. I thought, I need to tell Junebug about that one. (laughs) Now I wish I would have... uh, Pay more attention to it. That guy, I don't know wherever happened to him. He's long gone. I think he was from Ohio originally and moved back uh, to wherever. But uh, I just won't remember if he even remembers it, you know, because like you said, he may have blocked it out. But it was pretty, pretty wild, uh, big, bright. And uh, now that I think back, it was just too big and too close to be the moon. And it made me wonder. And it was through the trees, and it was a real clear. Uh, night it actually snowed a little bit so there was some snow on the ground and hmm. again that seems to be an area that uh, I've had I think you've had a few folks report to you uh, about some sightings down there in Wayne County that's between that's US 52 between Williamson and, and Huntington and I've had other people that have uh, you know talked about uh, seeing things down in that area so for some reason it seems like there's a a lot of sightings in that area. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. And of course, we, if you remember, they used to have that power plant on the Kentucky side there, right across from uh, the Tulsa Highway 52 on Route 23. So yeah, it's not be a little far bit of from it. there, you know. <laughs> yeah, it could have been something with that. They were checking that thing out. Yeah, getting power from it or something maybe. One that I wanted to mention, I made a note of for our show, uh, is that. Uh, Virginia UFO wave of uh, 1987 around Withville, which I know you've got that book too uh, by the uh, radio former radio news personality that uh, yeah uh, Danny Gordon Danny Gordon that reported those and I got to talk to him and uh, that's a really uh, again you had multiple witnesses and that's a great story. Yeah, I got to talk to him when I was writing my book, and uh, ironically, uh, a friend of mine who had heard about my books, and, and we've become friends on Facebook, and he's got a, a Facebook page, the Withville UFO Sightings, uh, of course that's in Wyth County, and this was in, again, the 80s, and that was uh, WYVE 1280 AM radio station that Gordon worked for. Danny Gordon, and uh, he uh, ended up being uh, uh, also a witness because he was like, probably like me and you, he went out, he started getting all these reports about these UFOs, and he went out himself and started investigating, and he ended up being a witness, and uh, he had a really uh, some strange things happen, you know, he took some pictures, and uh, he had these people show up, started asking him, you know, questions about it. And then somebody broke into his and stole his negatives and pictures, which, you know, made <laughs> that's a pretty wild story. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was picked up by uh, the Associated Press and National News, and uh, it was a pretty famous case. And now uh, Sean Kotz, who's a um, teaches uh, film uh, at uh, Radford University there, is working on a documentary about that case. And he actually came down and interviewed me. And there's a chance I'll be on the documentary, but even if I'm not, I think it's going to be a really great documentary. I can't wait till that uh, comes out. And, that, uh, you know, I know he's interviewed Danny over the years and some other, you know, witnesses from that area. I mean, they saw cigar-shaped uh, and triangle-shaped UFOs uh, over that area. You had law enforcement people that witnessed it. Uh, I mean, hundreds of people over a long period of time. And they're in the mid-80s, and uh, that's another good case from uh, near our region here in Appalachia. 
That's going to be a great documentary. I can't wait for it. Yeah, and uh, he's supposed to let me know when he, and he's supposed to have like maybe a big debut when he uh, airs the first, airs it for the first time and try to do a big deal. He said he'd let us know and maybe we can go down and, and uh, be get special guests and get to watch that. That <laughs> <laughs> was one of those that I saw back uh, in my prime when I was about 14 years old or so um, and saw mysteries. There was like uh, two or three good UFO stories on there that just scared me to death, and that was one of them. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that special on uh, on TV. They did a whole, like an hour special on Nashville and the Withville in Virginia. And I thought, wow, that's pretty close. I remember my sister telling me about it. I was like, you better watch that. <laughs> She's interested in it too. You know, we've had, not only here in West Virginia, but over nearby Kentucky, several, you know, good stories over the years. Uh, I wouldn't mention the CSX train, but uh, I like the one uh, at Stanford, Kentucky in 1976, where the three women uh, were reportedly coming back from like a, a, like a, a birthday party or something, and uh, they apparently were abducted by a UFO there in Stanford, Kentucky, and that, that's made some national news in the past. But again, you had three credible witnesses. Uh, these ladies had no reason to make that up, and uh, it's, uh, it's just so many cases over the years. It's not only now, but it's been over the the well, last 50, 60 years. You've had lots of cases, and many of them in our area. Where was that one about the the screaming noise? Was that around Stanton as well? Oh, okay, that was uh, near Moorhead, Kentucky. Moorhead. The screaming woman, yeah. yeah. That's one I was just looking at here. I thought about talking about. But, you know, uh, I, in my afterword, in my second book, I haven't talked a whole lot about this, but, uh, and now I saw uh, there's a new show on uh, TV, America's Book of Secrets, on uh, the History Channel, and they recently did an episode about possible disclosure, uh, the government coming finally coming forward and disclosing the some of the information they have. When I wrote that, if you remember, and you've read the book, I know mm-hmm. that I thought we were close to disclosure uh, because, you know, back in 2008, during the presidential debates, Tim Russert uh, Ask Dennis Kucinich, who was a congressman from Ohio at that time, was a presidential candidate, about his uh, viewing of a UFO. He was at uh, Shirley McLean's home out in the uh, Washington state, and they actually interviewed him there on one of those shows. Same thing that I wrote about. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you've had uh, several other presidents have come forward and talked a little bit about it, but they won't say a lot. Uh, Barack Obama, you know. Uh, you had Tucker Carlson ask Donald Trump about it, and they were all vague. And, and Bill Clinton, of course, had talked about it before. Uh, you know, Gerald Ford, when he was a congressman, uh, before he became president, he had uh, asked for uh, investigations there in the state of Michigan, where he was from, uh, uh, there in the 60s when they had all those cases. But I felt like that they were trying to prepare us for slowly letting out a little bit of information at a time for full disclosure uh, because they were thinking people could start to handle it and I think we're getting to that point where that uh, that's going to happen and uh, I just had to bring that up <laughs> took my own horn a little bit I, I predicted that a few years ago before now other people are coming out and I know my books wasn't as uh, read nationally as some have been but uh, as far as regional they were uh, you're talking about the yeah I call my title was Moorhead and the Screaming Woman. Yeah, that's a freaky one. And that's a really freaky story. That one gave me chills because I talked to uh, the, it was a college professor that was one of the witnesses. Uh, it was in Rowan County, which is, uh, you know, where Moorhead University's at. That's, again, not far from here. And uh, at, uh, there's Dr. Virgil Davis, who was a psychology professor, actually at Ashland Community College, but I think he taught some there around in the Moorhead, too, and uh, he had made a report to the National UFO Reporting Center. Uh, he and his sons were coming home, and they saw this strange light in the sky, and when they parked, they actually went in and tried to get up on the second floor of their house to get a better view of it, 
but they heard these strange screams, like a screaming woman. And it turns out that other people in that area heard it too. And they even called 911 and reported it. And the police came out and investigated it. They tried to find, you know, where where were these screams coming from? You know, and it was sort of tied to this UFO sighting there in Brown County in uh, eastern Kentucky. And uh, it was uh, probably about between 9 and 10 p.m. that night. And, uh, again, this, there was a report made about this on, uh, on the national level. And, um, you know, uh, as David said, his first inclination was just to rationalize the object, what it could have been. But, you know, he didn't jump to conclusions. And, he, you know, but he said after he ruled out other possible explanations, he assumed it was a UFO. And like I say, he had him and his two sons that saw it, and uh, several other people reported hearing those screams, and apparently others that saw the, the strange light, too. And it's, uh, it's a little eerie, a little bit of a uh, a mystery, you know, but it definitely sounded like a, a female was in distress, you know. One person even reported saying they could hear her audibly saying, help me, oh God, help me. <laughs> hmm. It made you think, well, she'd being abducted, and you know, where was this at? But they couldn't find who it was or you know but it was uh, a pretty good case sort of a close encounter case <laughs> yeah that's uh, creepy and again multiple witnesses so <laughs> but you know I was talking about disclosure I mean there's a quote that I have from Bill Clinton he said I want you to find the answers to two questions for me one who killed JFK and two are there UFOs <laughs> I mean you know again we've had uh, a lot of uh well, you know, we had two presidents actually said they saw a UFO, Jimmy Carter and Ronald Reagan. And uh, they uh, were both governors or governor candidates at that time. Of course, Carter in Georgia. And uh, he saw it with uh, several guys. I think it was either Rotary Club or Lions Club he was speaking at when they came out and they had spotted it. And eventually he, he actually made a report about it. And then... Uh, of course, Ronald Reagan was in his plane in California, and he saw a UFO and even had his pilot <laughs> try to follow the UFO. So, I mean, you know, people that say, oh, only people that see UFOs are two guys are drinking a six-pack down by the river fishing. <laughs> it's not true. You know, I've said it many times. You had Edgar Mitchell, the astronaut, uh, uh, and other people like that, you know, like I say, presidential candidates, several politicians, uh, people that have actually seen the UFOs themselves, J. Allen Hynek, I mean, credible witnesses. And why would anybody not believe these kind of people, you know? So it, uh, it's just, uh, I'm, I'm thinking more people believe than they don't. They just have always been afraid to say anything, but now they're, they're starting to, I think, be more willing to come forward and and talk and come out on record. Here's a guy that I work with. He's a big believer in ghosts. He's real fascinated with ghost stories, and he watches all of the shows on TV and everything, and ghost shows. But every time me and one of my buddies start talking about Bigfoot or UFOs or anything, he just starts cracking up and things are more stupid or things. I don't understand. He believe in a ghost, but he don't believe in UFOs. Yeah, you know, I mean, people have asked me about Bigfoot. I said, well, I'm not sure, don't know, but I said, I'm not going to say there's not, because like you said, I believe in UFOs, uh, so maybe there's something to the Bigfoot story. I actually did see something on Facebook earlier today, and I thought of you, and then I realized that they said it was a hoax, but supposedly somebody had, had some pictures in Pike County, Kentucky, and apparently it's a website that somebody does about, uh, I guess, more for fun, uh, but uh, the pictures they had were <laughs> pretty good, even if they were photoshopped or whatever. But you know, there's been a lot one. of sightings about uh, on coast to coast of a couple of Bigfoots down around Ashland, Kentucky, and they're uh, you know near us. I think I sent you the link to one of them. Oh, says so you did see that one today? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I first saw that, oh, cool, and then I realized. Uh, yeah, it was, um, I think, like Lake Norman or somewhere like that. They had it on there like a week or so ago. It was Lake Norman, and then they showed like the same pictures. This was in Pikeville, Kentucky. Like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, exactly. I saw some video on Coast to Coast the other day that was uh, uh, looked like a Bigfoot walking across a little small river. And again, it was pretty good, but you never know. Those things can be hoaxed so much. And then that looks like the same video that I saw on Coast to Coast as what these guys are showing on on uh, supposedly in Pike County and in other places around, you know, people. That seems to be one of those that people, we know, which we know, we talked about the Balfour monster <laughs> in our area. There was a guy in a gorilla suit, apparently, uh, was hoaxing people back in the early 70s. <laughs> but uh, it happens, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a believer. I'm, you know, I've had other people want, tell me ghost stories. And there's a lot of those in this area. Something I might do down the road is to... Uh, maybe do a a story of uh, ghost stories from our area because we've got a, a lot of those, as you know, uh, has some pretty good stories that people have told me over the years. So that might be one of those things when I'm retired, have more time to mm-hmm. <laughs> do that. Yeah, that would be good. The Bigfoot, that'd be cool if somebody actually saw something like that in our area. I'd love to investigate it. You know, some people... I know you did the uh, story with Stan Gordon from up in Pennsylvania that he sort of has tied uh, Bigfoot and UFOs together. And uh, there's some people that uh, believe that for whatever reason. Yeah, that's uh, that's just weird. I don't know if it's a interdimensional thing or what the deal is with that is. It is crazy that there's been so many around UFOs like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe there's something to it. Who knows? I, I'm again, you got to be open-minded if you're uh, interested in this kind of story or these kind of cases. You got to be open-minded, and then at the same time, you got to be—I won't say skeptical, but you want to be—you know—I always try to weed through the ones that I think are just trying to be silly or joking but uh, and i feel like i've been able to do that but uh at the same time you gotta be open-minded because i think some people really believe they've seen something maybe they didn't it can be explained i know i've been on a couple pretty good uh syndicated radio shows and that's what i always tell them i said you know a lot of times they can be explained probably most of the time but even if it's 80 percent can be explained what about those 20 percent that can't be (laughs) And that's the ones that we're interested in. Yeah, that's all it takes, just one case out of this reel. Exactly. And we know we've uh, dealt with enough that seem like there's something to them and good witnesses. Well, Kyle, I appreciate you coming on tonight and uh, taking the time to holler at us. Always, always. <laughs> and, uh, you know, hopefully something new will come up uh, in the future. We'll, uh, we'll do it again. And, yeah, and uh, people can always reach out to us on Facebook and look up the Appalachian UFO Research Society. Yeah, they should do that. Uh, and if you have a sighting or just a question, send us a message. And uh, Junebugs, I know, is on there a lot more than I am and uh, does a good job with that. But it's a good little uh, Facebook page. A lot of, if you just want to read about it, there's a lot of people that share their sightings and stories from all over Appalachia, not just here, but as far down as Georgia and Tennessee and Carolina's up in Pennsylvania. Some good. Some of them had some pretty good sightings. I just now got on the uh, our Facebook page here, and there's a couple of recent sightings here. Uh, you know, one from Buchanan, West Virginia. There's another one from Dallas, Georgia. As uh, on the 14th, here's one in Knoxville, Tennessee, on July 11th. So these are Greenville, South Carolina. So there's a lot of good. Uh, Good sightings on there so people can, you know, a lot of people don't always know where to report these sightings. And uh, this way they uh, gives them a place to, to do it and maybe read about it, more of uh, the sightings and gives them a chance or a place to, to be able to report their sighting. And, uh, you know, we can always try to give more information if they want to report them to a national organization. A lot of people are leery about MUFON and places like that. They think they're in cahoots with the men in black. So uh, we can assure you that we're not uh, men in black spies or anything. No. So you can count on us. There you go. <laughs> and we're uh, open-minded. And we'll uh, you know, at least willing to listen to you. And yeah, if you think you got a good story, we want to hear it. Yep. Keep up the good work. Uh, you know, you do a great job. And uh, hopefully uh, we can 
investigating herself, and if we get a good case, we'll head out and actually do a personal investigation, like we've done a couple times with the like the CSX case and some of those. Yeah, that'd be good. Awesome. <laughs> well, and by the way, now I can really say I have implants. <laughs> As you know, those folks out there I have had recently had uh, glaucoma eye surgery, and I actually had implants put one in each eye. So <laughs> I can actually joke, really say I've got implants, <laughs> not necessarily from aliens, so. <laughs> but I thought you'd enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and hopefully you start feeling better with that soon. That's yeah, rough. my eyes have uh, been giving me a little trouble, uh, been a little tough, uh, but uh, I'm on the road to recovery, and uh, hopefully uh, heal up and get the camera and the binoculars, and we can head back out and do some investigations. Yeah, it'd be awesome. All right. Yeah. Have a good work, man. Yep, good talking to you, man. You too. Have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Kyle Lover. Thanks for tuning in this week. We really appreciate you, and we'll see you again here next week in dark places. Take care, God bless you, and see ya.